Hello everyone, welcome to Covenants with Dave Clay and Carolyn Barnett. Covenants. What is Covenants? <laughs> well, yeah, it is. What is Covenants? Specialized pastoral care. No, that was a question. Christian counseling <laughs> ministry. Uh, yes, it is not only a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. It's also, as they say, a whole bunch more. Exactly. Do you want to give the abbreviated Elaborate. version of the of the whole bunch more? <laughs> we are a whole bunch more. We're not only a podcast, but we are an actual physical place that you can come to and call and talk to real people such as myself and hopefully uh, receive some encouragement and help along the way. And it's, again, captured in what is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care. Mm-hmm. Christian Counseling Ministry. We are about both pastoral ministry, uh, about Christian counseling, and to, for us it all comes together. And with that, our great intention is to build up the body. What body? Well, each individual. But as they would then be rightly joined together with the body, body of Christ, the bride of Christ, uh, then it would fortify and strengthen us all mm-hmm. in that sort of way. And though we are not going to or would not want to get into too much of the things that are ahead of us or to come, I think most of us would agree we're living in very trying times right now. And there is probably something, as if there weren't at any time something, that God's doing. Uh, and that we're, as part of that body, all then going to be contributors Mm -hmm. uh, who believe in Christ and who are according to uh, God's call on our life, put in positions to help other people, I think. Assist, uh, support, build up, affirm, all those great things that we can do in in the name of Jesus Mm -hmm. and by His Word and the sharing of our love one into another. But covenants is is just that. We want it to be that kind of an extension. We we Mm -hmm. would want it to be personal but we'd also want it to assist and help the community in general. Mm-hmm. I like to think of it as that you know they don't really see us; they see God through us. So you know I don't want to just be another person that they talk to, but I want it to be a. <laughs> I, I don't really want to say the word experience because that kind of leads to something else, but um, a opportunity. For them to have a different perspective and hopefully leave different than when they came or contacted us. And I like how you started. Uh, you know, we're not just a pot, or at least I said that, but you kind of went that direction with me. Don't judge a book by its cover simply because, you know, this is what we are in terms of the podcast. Uh, and we do want them to come in and experience it in mm-hmm. a real tangible sort of way. Right. Uh, and I guess with that, it kind of is a good segue into what I was thinking about when I was considering what we were going to talk about today on the podcast, and that is you can't judge books, as I said a moment ago, by their cover. You can't look at just the surface mm-hmm. because the superficial, I just think it's always changing. Mm. You know, I, I, I wanted to kind of go uh, geopolitical, right? <laughs> And talk about just all the things that are changing, which is maybe part of why we're living in, as I said earlier, trying times. Uh, 
But if you just looked at that from a superficial, I could understand why some people are incredibly overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Some are distraught. Some are so confused. They really don't know which direction to take and go. And uh, <laughs> that's me. I mean, you know, that's the church. And what about people who are really lost? Mm -hmm. Now, maybe, you know, they're so lost, they don't even understand what's happening. And to some extent, it would be, again, I think God's desire that we share the good news. Mm -hmm. But for them to really even appreciate the good news, they have to also understand how complicated things have become, how upside down the world seems to be. And nothing seems to capture it better than this notion that we seem to be squabbling over what people look like and what part of the world they're from and what they've had or not had, which is all material dimensions and is probably worthy of some discussion. But it's more than a squabble. I mean, we're at the, the I never get the word, threshold, precipice? Precipice. What does it say again? Precipice? Yes. Of possible Jesus coming again. That's what I was trying to say earlier. I don't want to sound too dark. I don't want to sound too apocalyptic. But when you begin to realize all the movement and all the conflicts and the folks that seemingly are making decisions on a global level, uh, national and global level, this whole geopolitical thing really seems to be... Uh, on the surface where all the problems are. Mm -hmm. We become too geopolitical. Mm -hmm. We're not really united. I, th I think that's the paradox too, or the it's kind of counterintuitive. They'll say, well, we want to unite the world. <laughs> no, they don't. The, at least the method that they're using doesn't do anything but create further division. division. Mm -hmm. And I think that's biblical. Absolutely. And I, I was reading in Daniel yesterday and have you ever known someone that was really a student of prophecy and things to come and um, that you just knew whenever they spoke something that they had studied like 20 hours or whatever? You know, not me. To, yeah, not me either, <laughs> but I miss this man dearly. His name was Jim Sloan. He was just the best man. I mean, you know, he was a good person, but man, he would explain things and just you know, make you think about things that maybe you didn't possibly think about. And when I was reading Daniel yesterday and the 70 weeks and all this, and I thought, I wonder what Jim would say about what's going on today. Mm -hmm. Because there's so much, I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like, you know, every morning when I wake up, it's like, what's, what's new now? What's happened? And as you were speaking about the unity, sometimes I feel like we know too much. You know, the information overload, how people, um, when you started out talking about people, you know, looking, um, judging the book by its cover, seeing things, sometimes I feel like that we know more, too much is what's good for us. I can't put that right. It's uh, like a feeling of we get too much information and then therefore we don't know what to do with it. Instead of just, you know, having two or three options, we have a hundred. And so it makes people feel overwhelmed. Well, well God caused it all. Mm -hmm. Allowed it all? Caused it all. Okay. And, and I, yeah, it may be permissive. And I know God doesn't create problems for us. But when they started to build that tower, he put a stop to that. When they started to get their heads together and try to figure out how they were going to exalt themselves... Mm -hmm. He put a stop to that mm -hmm. because he knew in the end that was not going to be the answer. Right. 
And maybe your whole point is, is that it's all a part of God's bigger picture and bigger plan, which hopefully we'll get back to before the podcast is over today, that angle on it, because I agree with you in that sense. But when it all started, we were united. When it all started, we were all one. We were all from the land when, of the Chaldeans. When are you referring to? The land of the Chaldeans. Okay. It, it was all from the very beginning. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And it was because of the Tower of Babel mm-hmm. and the idea that we would ultimately destroy ourselves mm-hmm. with all this higher intellectual, too many choices, somebody's got to figure it out, but nobody really has the right perspective, mm-hmm. the big picture. They mm-hmm. can't see it. We only measure things in limited capacities. The human body is really not capable of taking all the data in, certainly the spiritual dimensions of things, all that. Mm-hmm. But God knew that all that was going to come to was destruction. Mm-hmm. So what he did was he fragmented us, gave us all different languages, which probably then we're still lamenting over or suffering It is a lament. But we're suffering the consequences of in a geopolitical sort of way. Mm -hmm. But I got to thinking about that. And I've said this on the podcast before and probably said it to you. Uh, I'm not in personal conversations. I'm not entirely sure of all that led Abram to leave the land of the Chaldeans. Except to say that it probably had something to do with the Tower of Babel. And this fracturing, so to speak, splintering. Mm -hmm. And with that, even though it may have been such that he was with his group of people as it was splintered, the dissent, the conflict, the struggle, I think comes down to what you're saying. Now, you you indulge me a lot. You do, Carol. And and so I do not want to hog airtime or podcast time. But I want to set this up properly, and we have such an abbreviated period of time, and I'm not Jen Sloan, so, so, so I already apologize. <laughs> but it got me thinking, not only are we all from the land of the Chaldeans, which then kind of immediately is dismissive of all this geopolitical stuff, mm-hmm. racial stuff, all the things that if you measured only in superficial terms is going to divide us. Just dispense with it. Because mm-hmm. that's not really what it's about. God instituted or precipitated or caused mm-hmm. that to happen. Right. But it wasn't his end. Right. His end in mind is unity. Mm-hmm. But he knew we could not do it that way. Right. So I got to thinking, right? Okay. Land of the Chaldeans. Do you know where uh, us is? Let me see. Uh, no. No, I don't either. <laughs> okay. uh, although I did research it a bit. Not Jim okay. Sloan, but okay. I did research it. But that's where Job was from. Land of us. Okay. You know where Ur is? Something that rings a bell. Why? But, I can't but, place it. But that's the whole point. You okay. shouldn't be expected to because you've never seen either of those places. Mm-hmm. I've never seen either right. of those places. I'm sure they exist in some geographical, again, ge- geological, geopolitical mm-hmm. sort of terms. And they're mm-hmm. from countries. And mostly it's, it's Persian, Babylon. It's mm-hmm. all that stuff we've been talking about in the most recent podcasts with uh, Ezra, Nehemiah, right. Mordecai, uh, all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this idea, though, that Job came from the same place that Abraham came from, which is the land of the Chaldeans, because that's Mesopotamia. That's where it all started, mm-hmm. right? 
And this may have been not only, it could have been the Tower of Babel. I don't want to say not only because that's not really what I mean. It could have been only from the Tower of Babel, and this is a splintering, but I don't think that's it. But it was probably that that started whatever caused Abram to leave. Mm -hmm. But you know, Abram wasn't Hebrew. He was a Chaldean first. And somewhere between being a Chaldean and then becoming the father of not only the Hebrew people, Mm -hmm. but Islam and I think there's even another major world religion that kind of claims him to be that paternal, Mm -hmm. fatherly figure. And I think Abraham even speaks to that fatherly thing, the origin of it Mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. It's still this human part of us that wants to define it Mm -hmm. and how only in human terms because we really can't conceive of it. And, And even then we only can see a small portion of it, past, present, and future, and that seems like, well, past could extend, you know, infinitely. Well, no, it's only what's recorded. It's only what you remember, and future Mm -hmm. can only be as far as you could possibly see. Mm -hmm. But there's always a horizon out there somewhere, and Mm -hmm. when you get to that point, there's always another horizon out there. And really, all we've got as a reference is the moment where we're in. Mm -hmm. But that's how I got thinking about all this. And this is how my warped mind works. Which is? What if Job and Abram kind of maybe weren't the same, but came from the same situations? What if what kind of motivated or propelled Abram to leave was as much the same kind of a thing that Job encountered with his friends and this idea that there was a big conflict going on. Mm-hmm. And, and if you indulge me, you still indulge okay, me? Okay, yeah. Okay, I'm not Jim Slow, but indulge me. But it was the same thing. It was those people who were wanting to rely on intellect, knowledge. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was, I mean, anything that's smart in this world, anything that started in that region, anything that was going on at that time, it's no different than today. Maybe they were smarter than we were. They were building the tower. I mean, we're doing the same thing today. Geopolitical, we want to unite the world. It's a global perspective. No, you can't build a tower because God's going to destroy it. Why? Because it won't endure. Mm -hmm. Kingdoms don't endure, worldly kingdoms. Nations don't endure. Even legacies, namesakes, in that sort of way of I was born a Chaldean, and now I'm a Hebrew, it doesn't endure. Mm-hmm. Because God will make sure that we don't focus upon all of the choices and the options, or at least out of our incapacity, where we don't allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us, we are going to get into trouble. And that's the world today. Now, it's much more complicated. There's plenty of people who could explain it in all sorts of different intellectual disciplines. Mm-hmm. Maybe even different religious persuasions, perspectives. But the one thing I know about human beings is what we do culturally is no better than what we can do individually. And all of us have been at that point of building the tower. And probably all of us have gotten to a point where God had to come along and totally destroy it. Mm -hmm. And then with that, send us on our way, those willing to go, follow the Spirit, A natural division between the intellect, the cultural, and the real Mm -hmm. power of God to create. 
Because once you begin to think you know it all, mm -hmm. you don't listen to God much anymore. But when you're encountering people like Job did, who think, who thought they knew it all, and he was part of them, mm -hmm. God had to come along and say, wait a minute, you guys don't know anything. And if we remember the end of Job, he was exalted over all of that right. intellect, elitism. Mm -hmm. You know, if there were college degrees back then, they would all be PhDs, mm -hmm. you know, or they'd be politicians or they whatever it is. <laughs> that Right. But they're all <laughs> elevated, mm -hmm. right? Building a tower. They're going to be God. No. Right. The one thing I think that Job learned that made me think of him and Abraham in somewhat the same category was he had to get out of there because it was, it was inhospitable. And God wanted him to go to a place mm -hmm. where he could create, or at least God could work through him in creating a kingdom. Mm -hmm. Not only a kingdom. His kingdom. Yes, not only a kingdom of God, mm -hmm. but would also help Abraham never forget. Mm -hmm. It's not of material making. It may have material manifestation. But it's a kingdom built upon a word. Yes. And the word was Job did not, literally, Job did not end until he sought after and got his audience with God. Mm -hmm. And was what? Humbled to realize. Job, I could try to explain it to you all now, all of this to you now, but I can't because you're not able to comprehend it, but you mm -hmm. just need to follow me. Mm-hmm. And if you follow me, who knows? I may meet you again on the road <laughs> to the promised land and remind you of the blessing mm -hmm. that I have in store for you. Now, again, is Job Abraham or Abraham Job or Abram? I don't know. I don't, that's a reach, right? Jim Sloan probably wouldn't go out there on that, <laughs> that lib. But I am saying it's an interesting proposition because we don't know what happened to Job except that he was restored. Mm -hmm. And he then had to sanctify the people, his friends, that were otherwise the intellectuals of the group by reminding them they don't have all the answers out of their mm -hmm. own head. But we don't know what that led to. But if I know enough about God individually and then also in terms of the Bible, it always leads to resurrection for those who otherwise would listen, seek his voice, hear his voice, and pursue. Mm -hmm. And that's where I meet Abraham, right? Mm -hmm. But he's not a Hebrew at that point. He's a Chaldean. And so this idea that he really needed to be changed, mm -hmm. sort of like Jacob, Changed to Israel. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it, it's like me being changed to Jesus. You, I don't know if that makes any sense. Do you see where I'm coming from on that? It's just incredible. Mm -hmm. But if, if that's happening now culturally, why would we not see that or accept that that's a possibility? Mm -hmm. That God's preparing us for that promised land. And accept the struggle. But not all are going to enter in. But you can read the book of Revelation in the end. Not all enter in. Mm -hmm. We're going to be ministering to the nations. But I don't know that it's geopolitical. I don't know that it's a country. I don't know that it's the United States. I don't know that it's Russia. I do not know if it's Ukraine. I don't China. know if it's China. You know, I, I, I don't think it's any of those things. I think it's the bride of Christ, the body which is kind of where we started with covenants. It's all about the body. Mm -hmm. But if I have to be changed, if I have to have a new identity, mm -hmm. why would I think it 
so unreasonable that Job couldn't be Job anymore. He had to be something different. And with that, his identity was not only changed, he was no longer bound to the Chaldeans in the same sort of way. And his dad couldn't come along with him. His dad took, was able to go as far as he could go. But God affirmed, mm-hmm. changed his heart, the censor, the Holy Spirit. It was all established. And again, I thank you for indulging me. I would not have been able to get that out in the short period of time had you not allowed me to say all that stuff. So I apologize. No, it's fine. I so many things that so many things to say on that. Um, I will say that uh, it was. <clears throat> oh my! <laughs> Probably ninety-five. How long ago was that? I can't do math right now. <clears throat> a long time ago, and I was working in the children's department at the library, and I said I would help out with story time. And so I went in there and I sat down, and the children's librarian, who was fantastic, and everybody that knows me knows I love books, and I used to work at the library. And the thing of it is, this is going to sound really hypocritical, I just said I love books, but she pulled out this ugly... <laughs> Bound to be bound, I think is what it was called. You know, they made it like this industrial cover so it would last forever. Book to read for story time. And I was like, that looks horrible. You know, they have all these flashy covers, these new books we had. And I thought, why didn't she pull one of those? Why did she get this hideous book? And we sat down and we was all, you know, excited. And we looked up at Miss Mag was her name. And and she opened it up. And it just, I know this is a simple story, but it changed me on the inside because when I saw the beautiful pictures on the inside, the story that came from that, it forever reminded me, I cannot literally judge a book by its cover. And it made a difference in me, like, you know, how I see things. And with Job and Abram, this whole idea of, of, I want to say being set apart, but being different, being changed. You know, I'm studying Leviticus right now, which, if you've ever studied Leviticus. <laughs> tedious. It's a little bit tedious, yes, it is. and uh, But it's highly interesting, and I'm so thankful that I'm doing this study. Because the part with, that I just read um, this week uh, was about, you know, the dietary laws. And there's a whole bunch of stuff in Leviticus about laws. But, you know, some people, we kind of glaze over that and, you know, God wanted him to do this. God didn't want him to do that. However, I never thought about this before. And when you said that about them, you know, changing, being different, it reminded me that when they were eating the different foods, it wasn't just about obeying the law. It was them being reminded that they are being like God, not being God, but they are trying, for lack of a better word, trying to be holy like God is holy. So that when others saw them behaving the way they were behaving, they, oh, they're different. They follow this holy God. When they would eat their food, it was a like a visual and a physical reminder, we're different. We're holy. We're aspiring to be holy like God. So that change, it just reminded me, not only is it affecting us, obviously it's affecting those around us. You mentioned Job's friends, entourage, all the people, you know, and then we know Abram, Abraham, obviously um, 
the father of many, all the people that, you know, he impacted. But that change that was visible, um, a viable change that affected others was just a reminder to me that, you know, when we encounter God and when he moves and we become changed and different, we're going to have things that's going to remind us of that. Now, maybe they didn't like that. I mean, we could go there and say we don't always like how God reminds us that we're different but that's not up to us to like it or not right we didn't choose to be separated by all the languages we may not like it but that's what God had to do so he gave them those laws and then they are not only reminding themselves but the others that see that they're just a holy nation and just when you were talking about that it just reminded me the difference in how we are perceived and how we act ourselves peculiar Peculiar people. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so again, for the sake of time, mm-hmm. I don't want to miss. Sorry, this. I went on no, that. No, big no, plan. no. You did fantastic. I just <laughs> want to. I'm, it's going to be a little bit of a difficult shift. It's yeah. not going to be as smooth as I'd like it to be. Go but ahead. I'm going to go ahead and say it, and we'll tie it together. This is what God I'm will bring it together. Yes. But it, it is this notion, though, that why is that strange? Then that I would say that because it all starts with Adam and Eve in the garden, and it always ends with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. And not only Jesus the first time, but Jesus in his second coming. Mm-hmm. And in that, the entirety of what we know to be the Holy Bible, mm-hmm. unique for a peculiar people. Right. We know, though, that there is transformation and change. Mm-hmm. We know that we take on a new identity. We know that we have to be f- freed from mm-hmm. the bondage of our past. We know that in immaturity, mm-hmm. that in our humanity... We're not able to see it. God could try to tell us, even as he did Job. Mm -hmm. My son has no conception of the struggles of my life. At least the ones of maybe the last third half of my life. Because he's too young. Right. He can't reference it. Mm -hmm. I can try to tell him, but he can't get it. I don't get it. But I trust, though, that if at least he understands how to hear the voice inside of himself and that he trusts and believes in God, Mm -hmm. that God is going to do the same thing in him that he did in me and lead me to a point where I'm beginning to understand true unity is only going to come when I relinquish my control, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. give it to God, and you relinquish your control Mm -hmm. and give it to God, and he establishes the kingdom of heaven, Right. not as in the ultimate heaven, but on earth, at least the foretaste of that mm-hmm. that we have now. Because if I don't, then I'm not complete. Mm-hmm. I've not gone from Leviticus into the Gospels mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ, or mm-hmm. the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Gospels that capture the story of Jesus Christ. I've not right. made the transition from Old Testament to New Testament. Right. But we all have to make that transition. That's mm-hmm. the road that we all go down. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're just going to be stuck in our sin. Mm -hmm. If my son did not get the message of courage, faith, there is a God, you'll speak to me when I need, I can try to get ahead of him, I can try to get ahead of the curve, even if it's for good motives. I don't want to get in trouble, I don't want any, do the best you can, follow the Old Testament. But in the end, it won't save you. What saves you is when the Tower of Babel comes crashing down, Mm -hmm. when your whole world, as with Job, is destroyed and ends, when you begin to realize, 
I need God. When we end, then He can begin. Yes, and I'm going to continue mm-hmm. to persist until I get into His presence. Mm-hmm. And even if He humbles me and it becomes so obvious right. how I could not even begin to comprehend, I have to love Him and trust Him mm-hmm. like my son loves and trusts me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not God. Right. It's in us to do that. But we're talking about the Father, not only Father Abraham. We're talking about God the Father. Mm -hmm. But wasn't that also part of the struggle with the Hebrew people? Yeah. It's been a constant struggle. Mm -hmm. But until Jesus comes again the second time or until the church comes together in this Mm -hmm. virtue and the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. we all forsake and give up on trying to sort it out. We all get tired of wars and rumors of wars and Mm -hmm. famine Mm -hmm. and all of these things and the the political maneuverings and the pointing fingers and the entitlement and the narcissism and all that stuff Mm -hmm. that on the surface, the book Mm -hmm. of our humanity, we're not going to get to the meteor portions, right. which is you can't judge books by their cover. Mm-hmm. You have to get into the real word. But mm-hmm. don't be surprised if the word isn't in a book. Or if there is a <laughs> right. book, it's in your heart. It's the Lamb's right. book of life that's alive inside of you. Mm-hmm. Job discovered the book. Mm-hmm. Not superficially, but that was the only way he could understand it. Like with Leviticus. Well, he, he was, was looking at it, but it didn't look like what he thought. That's right. But it wasn't until God said, okay, I'm now going to destroy the paradigm now that I've got your attention mm-hmm. and you know that there is a need to find a better answer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to destroy the paradigm, but I'm not going to destroy you. Right. I'm just going, and I'm not even sure I'm going to completely destroy the paradigm. I'm just going to destroy your reliance upon it mm-hmm. and your trusting in me. Mm-hmm. But Abraham, I'm part of that. Mm-hmm. You know, we think it amazing that Ruth was part of that. She was a Moabite. No, it's not amazing. They're all, we're all from the same place. But to get to the unity that we're really seeking, it doesn't require just old age. Although I think in that sort of spiritual sanctification sort of way, that maturation, even in physical, psychological, right. emotional terms, we should arrive somewhere close to that mm-hmm. at the end of our life. But it's going to be when we all realize we've got to... Do what Job did. We've mm-hmm. got to do what Abraham did. And we are all standing in the gap right now mm-hmm. waiting for the second coming of Jesus. But don't be discouraged. We're closer today than we've ever been. And the affirmation of that is more, I think, obvious today than it's ever been. Absolutely. I mean, seriously. I mean, he yeah. could split the eastern sky. Mm-hmm. I mean, this thing could all happen tomorrow. Right. Right. And would that not be, I mean, right now I'm feeling it, would that not be the most incredible thing? Mm-hmm. We don't have to be scared or worried. This is all part of God's plan. Right. But you have to understand the plan, mm-hmm. and then you have to make a choice. Are you going to believe it, and are you going to persist until you receive it, and then are you going to follow? Mm-hmm. When he starts to speak out of context of your head, out of your heart, Right. are you going to follow? Mm-hmm. Boy, that's a question of the ages right there. And I I cannot help but think about my loved ones that don't see all that or want to see all that or believe in everything you just said. And so as excited as I might be to see that happen tomorrow or whenever, I'm slightly thinking about them and the urgency that I would want them to 
come to this knowledge and believe and trust and persist because I want them to experience what I'm going to experience. So you have the heart of not only an evangelist, but you have the heart of God because that is the salvation message. We are ambassadors of Christ, but it's, you already said it. You already gave the answer. It's in our testimony, Mm -hmm. but not just the word testimony. Don't just judge covenants by the podcast. Although I'm sure that we're impressive (laughs) in so many ways. But come experience it. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to know it, validate it, Mm -hmm. until you experience it. Because you are never going to be able to measure it out of head or intellect. You're only going to measure it out of heart. Mm -hmm. But right now, there's a living testimony. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I just... I cannot emphasize enough how that is led in our, not just covenants, but, you know, the word house, what we and myself, and, and I think I can speak for you in that, is that we are not relying on ourselves. This is Holy Spirit led. Yes. Absolutely. And left to ourselves, left to our own devices, well, I don't know what would happen, but I do know that I can trust who is in charge, and that would be God. And so when, when you come to Covenants to reach out to us, just know that we are following the Father and we are listening and we know that He's going to show up and speak. Well, and we're being transformed into mm-hmm. Jesus. Right. Yes. We're not Jesus today. My son's not... 60 years old today. Right, right, right. Right? With them, along with them. They're yes. not coming to us as if we're the, you know. And, the, and we're ministering to the body. Right, right. But not just regionally the body or in our little city. Mm-hmm. We're ministering to the world. And we're not ministering alone. Right. Elijah, we're ministering with a multitude of others. But mm-hmm. if we're feeling stirred right now, it's mm-hmm. because the Holy Spirit's stirring us. Yes, absolutely. And this time, whew, I don't know of a, of a time where I didn't feel like the urgency to not only share the gospel, but just to trust, just to trust. That's why I told my daughter last week, she had some problems and it was getting kind of scary. And I, I shared a little bit with you about that in, in our you know personal conversations that I just, something just raised up in me and I know it was the Holy Spirit speaking. But I just said, I just told her, I said, you have to make a choice right now that you're going to trust him no matter what this looks like. And it could have been really ugly, but it wasn't. Thank the Lord. Um, But that's just where the point I've come to in my life. Now, can our children get there? Can, Can your son get there in that moment? Maybe not. That's okay because, you know, we are there to help point that and share that with him. That's how I feel about her. She's not there yet. She can't get there. She barely (laughs) is learning, you know, to speak English. And so I told her that, and I just, I felt like the Holy Spirit. What a time today for us to not only trust, but to share the gospel. And that's it. It's a personal testimony. That's why we do it individually. Mm -hmm. And then if we do it individually, Mm -hmm. then God puts... The house together. Right. God builds the tower. We right. don't build it. Right. But that's really the message to our, our listeners. You are part of God building mm-hmm. His kingdom. Right. You're being moved mm-hmm. by the power of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in love and to become the bride of Christ, to become one with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, but it seems like there's been no other time in history when it's been more either needful or 
and or for those who believe prominent. But don't be discouraged. Right. This is what you were prepared for. Mm -hmm. This is the calling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is where we were headed all along. Uh, Maybe we didn't foresee it. And, you know, my mind just went back to harder times. You know, World War II, I didn't live through that. I didn't live through the Depression. But people say, oh, those were really hard times. And maybe they felt harder than right now. But there was a sense of unity that that doesn't exist today. Mm-hmm. And so you can say, yeah, those were really hard times. All in one right. accord. Yeah. Upper room kind of right. a thing. Exactly. And, and we don't have that as much today and so how important for us to come together and and testimony and break bread and pray and so it was serve. better that Adam and Eve go through that in the garden so they could get to Jesus and us today waiting for Christ to come again than it would have been for God to make allowances or to work the material around because what it did was it proved to them not only was there a need for God, a Mm -hmm. pursuit Mm -hmm. was born out of them, but that God would deliver them. And though they did not see it in their generation, Mm -hmm. in the generations that have followed, including us today and any that might follow after us until Christ does come again, it's all still coming to fruition. Mm -hmm. And we're Mm -hmm. all part of that. Even him making them leave the garden was part of that. Yes. And that's what I was talking about. The Tower of Babel Mm -hmm. coming down. He had to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My son has to go out in the world. Mm -hmm. The prodigal had to go out in the world. All we can do is hope that they continue to want to find out and seek and come back to the Father. But that's what I think the church is doing right now is being brought back to the Father. Yes. So we want to be part of that. In terms of the podcast, we want to help folks as they're overcoming these struggles in their lives. So Carolyn, tell them how to get a hold of us. You can definitely get a hold of us at 304-528-9220. Give us a call. And you can leave a voicemail if we're not in the office. You can also go to our Facebook page, Covenants. Check out our podcast there. We'll have a link for you on the Facebook page. You can also go to Covenants online.com right (laughs) I get that mixed up you can check out our uh, website or send us an email covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com and of course they can always come back and catch the next episode of what is covenants or covenants what is covenants specialized pastoral care Christian counseling ministry with Dave Clay and Carolyn Barnett in the meantime God bless and stay strong in the word and his promise